This morning, we've taken a break from our Acts series. We've been in Acts for a long time. We've still got quite a bit to get through. And it's excellent to mine God's word and just spend a whole bunch of time really just digging into one book. But we're going to take a little break over the next few weeks to um, kind of expound on, to kind of dig into what our values are as Freedom Church. Um, If you're wondering what they are, you're going to find out. But guess which one I'm covering today? Observant Bunch. One of our values here is to creatively reflect God's best in all that we do. And now I was pretty excited about this one because I'm, I'm a large child, um, which is why I've moved, moved stuff around because I've, I'm getting excited already just thinking about it. I am going to have to keep running back to here because I've got terrible memory, but I'm really excited about creativity. Uh, it's one of the things that, that God has just placed in me. Um, so why is creativity important? Let's start there, shall we? Um, well, let's begin at the beginning. Who's got a Bible with them? If someone could just read me the first five words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created. Didn't even need to look. Right? Holy points. Sharon. In the beginning, God created. The very first thing that the Bible tells us about God. The very first thing that God reveals to us in his written word that is inspired by him is that he is creative. Sweet. I mean, I could leave it there. That's, that's all we really need to know. God is creative. And as a creative person, that makes me smile. Um, but you know what? The power of God's creativity is so explosive and absolute. In the beginning, he spoke to nothing and it became something. Chaos heard his voice and became order. Darkness heard him and became light. And the barren emptiness of the skies and the seas burst into life in response to his command. Is anyone else excited? Thank you. With his breath, he transformed the dirt, the dust of this ground that he'd just spoken into existence. He breathed into it and created mankind. And from man, he took a rib and made woman. (laughs) He made hiccups. The extravagance of God's creativity is breathtaking and it's everywhere we look. The clicker never worked first time. It worked first time. Clouds. I get ridiculously excited about clouds. That is a picture that I took from my bedroom window about three weeks ago. They're an essential part of the water system, right? Without them, there would be droughts and stuff wouldn't grow. We would all die. Uh, They are super, super functional. But look at it. That looks, that looks like it belongs on the roof of the Sistine Chapel, that. It looks like candy floss. Amen, sister, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm taking that as a word from the Lord for me for this afternoon. It does look like candy floss. But, you know, it's, so it's, it, it has this super functional thing about it. But with just a little bit of water vapor and light, 
both of which God made, he creates these stunning skyscapes that are different every time you raise your head. You have never seen the same cloud twice because it's constantly changing. Every time you, you, you look down and look back up again, there's this new masterpiece in motion. That's just the cloud. How creative is God? That picture there is not photoshopped. That's nuts. This is the shores of a place called Vardhu in the Maldives. The glowing shoreline is the result of tiny microbes called phytoplankton. And as they wash up on the sand, these little fellas, they're, they're bioluminescent, uh, which basically means that they can glow. They just naturally can turn on this, this gene in their body that, that makes them light up. Uh, and it's a, it's a defensive mechanism. It's to scare off any predators who are trying to eat them and at the same time draw in some larger animals to try and eat whatever is attacking them. It's quite clever, really. Uh, I mean, it's brutal, but clever. Um, but when these plankton are agitated, they let off their light. And it, and it just makes it, as the waves crash on the shore, it looks like the, the beach is just glistening with its own watery constellations of tiny stars. It's just phenomenal. God did that. That's pretty cool. The next, next thing I've, I've, that I saw on the internet and went, oh, that's very cool. They're called rainbow trees. They're actually called the Eucalyptus deglupta. Perfect pronunciation, don't question me. <laughs> so yeah, this tall tree is commonly known as the rainbow eucalyptus for obvious reasons. This unique multicolored bark is the most distinctive feature of this beautiful tree. Patches of the outer bark are shed annually at different times, showing a bright green inner bark. This then darkens and matures to give blue, purple, orange, and then maroon tones. Isn't it stunning? Jesus made a rainbow tree. Look what my dad did. That's ace. Right? This one, I almost didn't believe, but it is absolutely true. A place called Lake Hillier in Australia. There's this giant pink lake. What's that? It does look like paint. It look, you know what? I'm, actually, I think it's not too dissimilar a shade to my daughter's bedroom. Um, but we didn't use that, I promise. So yeah, this captivating pink lake is not a trick of the light. The water stays pink even if you take it out. It's not just like some magical trick of the eye. Um, but the origin of its bubblegum color remains something of a mystery. Um, the best guess right now is that it has to do with high salt levels in the water. Because there's, it's basically it's 10 times more salty than the sea. Um, don't ask me how. God did it. It's okay. He's very good at what he does. Um, and because of this, it's a perfect breeding ground for the salt-loving microalgae. Again, prepare yourself some for some excellent pronunciation here. Donalalia salina. Thank you. And because you don't know better, you don't know he's wrong. Um, 
These tiny little guys produce pigment compounds that absorb light, like beta-carotene, which is the same kind of stuff that makes carrots, oranges, and some cabbages purple. And that's why God just made all of creation and then went, you know what, I'll throw them a pink lake. <laughs> Amazing. Then next one. These, these things here, these orange things, these are human beings. To give you an idea of the scale here, these are people. The giant crystal caves in Mexico, or the Cueva de los Cristales, uh, is the home to the largest natural crystal formations found anywhere in the world. Thriving under unbelievably rare conditions, this cave in Mexico provides the perfect environment for these crystals to grow to incredible sizes over thousands and thousands of years. That's great. That's like Superman's layer, that. That's amazing. And this is, this is all like just little bits and pieces that God just scattered around the earth for us to find and enjoy. I love it. God is so especially creative that I just don't have enough time to, to walk you through all the wonderful things that he's done. I would be here all day. I would love it. You would get bored. Um, you know, I haven't even touched on space and the millions of different forms of life that, that crawl and creep and fly on this planet. You know, or the laws of physics that he established in an instant that are so fine-tuned to impossible levels that it means life can exist. You know, I can't go into all that. I've had to be really disciplined, which as a creative person, is not my natural state, in order to just keep this relatively sure. So if I'm going fast, it's because I'm excited. Um, so, but one thing I will talk about briefly is, is laminin. Lamin oh, there we go. There's a man who knows what laminin is. Oh, did you? Oh, well, there you go. Well, there you go. Laminin is an essential part of the extracellular matrix. Makes me sound clever, doesn't it, when I read big words? It's an essential part of the extra, hang on, glasses down on the edge of the nose. The extracellular matrix. In any form of life form, sorry, in any form of life that is protein-based. So that's you, that's me, that's plants, people, flies, blue whales, anything protein-based. Laminin is essentially the glue that holds together every single thing in all these things. So is what holds us together. Without it, cells would just never be able to bond to each other. There would just be a whole random mess of, of cells floating around, just doing cell stuff. High cell, boom, banging into each other, not being able to join. Nothing. Would you like to see what laminin looks like? First, it doesn't work when you want it to, and then it works when you don't want it to. That is laminin. Look at that. I mean, he's showing off now, isn't he? He's showing off now. He's made, he made, this is what holds everything together. And it just so happens that it looks like the mechanism that he used to redeem all things, to hold all things together. 
Colossians, the, the verse there, it says right at the end, I'm going to read the whole thing because it's great. The Son of Man is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him because he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Amen. What a show off. What a show off. God, it's a good one that was. That was a good one, God. So why? But why is God so creative? I think I've established firmly that he is. Um, Why did God create a world of mountains and trees, of wilderness and seas? Why not just like a flat, flat earth, like a, or a beige box, you know, why did he make the human race, male and female, uh, needing food and sleep? Why didn't he make humans asexual beings like angels who have bodily needs? Oh, sorry, who have no bodily needs? You know, are there reasons for the sun and the moon, for the stars and the clouds? Why not just a perpetual blue sky or an orange sky or a beige sky? Well, in Romans 1, 19 to 20, Paul tells us that God has made creation in a way that displays his own heart and mind. It says, what may be known about God is plain to them. He's talking about the pagans here. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. You ever go for a walk in the hills, and you just look around and think, how can people think there's no God? Look at this. The psalmist tells us that God has made all of creation to function in such a way that it points to his glory. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hand. Thank you, Lord. You see, all of God's wonderful creation is designed to point us towards him, the creator. Be it the beautiful complexity of a double helix DNA strand or the colossal magnitude of space. The wonder of creation drives us towards God. He is truly, and I use this word properly now, awesome. We use that word a lot. I blame America. Uh, but, <laughs> but awesome is the word. I, I've got a book at home, and it's, it's just pictures from the Hubble telescope. And every now and again, I'll just flick through it, and I'll just go... Whoa! My dad did that. My God did that. He made all of that stuff. Whoa, blows my little mind. So what does all this mean for us then, as human beings? We know God's creative. 
Well, in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, we read, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God just made all this awesome stuff and just gave it over to us. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. God made us in his image and told us to fill the earth and rule. Now, when we read this scripture, we usually... uh, think of filling the earth as exclusively linked to increasing in number. Um, But if I may suggest another implication here, I think there's a case to be made that alongside making more people, this could also refer to filling the world with the fruits of our creative endeavours as we live out our identity as reflections of a creative God. That's my opinion. I'm not saying that's doctrine. But this is how, that's how I see it. And as we look through the Bible, we see tons of creativity. In Genesis 4, 17 to 24, we meet three guys. Jabal, Jubal, and Tubal Cain. I can tell you, we're all very familiar by the blank looks. These guys are mentioned so briefly, you could easily miss them. Um, But their contributions to human flourishing are profound examples of creativity in the Bible. So, Genesis 4, 17 to 24. To Enoch was born Irad. And Irad was the father of Mehajuel. And Mehajuel was the father of Methushel. Methushel was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women, one named Adar and the other named Zillah. Adar gave birth to Jabal. This is the first of our guys. He was the father of those who lived in tents and raised livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who play stringed instruments and pipes. Zillah also had a son, Tubal Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. So we've got Jabal, the father of agriculture. This guy was so talented when it came to raising, raising animals and, and shepherding, and he was obviously quite prolific in how he, he innovated in that and shared that information in order to be described as the father of those who live in tents and are shepherds. Jabal, my favorite as a musician, the father of music. The guy who, who was known as the father of all who played stringed instruments and pipes. He must have had some pretty decent parties, I'm, I'm reckoning. Everywhere else it was just like sheep and hammers and, and he turns up with the music. That's where I'd have been. Tubal Cain, the father of industry. A man who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. All three of these guys demonstrating incredible God-given creativity to innovate in agriculture, to 
to uh, excel in music and to see issues, see problems in industry and come up with tools and forge them. Right there, agriculture, music and industry in like three lines of the Bible and two generations. God's hand of creativity was on those guys, no doubt. Exodus 31, one to six tells us about Bezalel. Great name. Uh, The man who was chosen to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. So the tabernacle, for those who aren't sure, was was like the tent uh, that served as the temple of God whilst the people were in People had come out of Egypt and were in the desert. Um, So we read, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skill to make artistic designs for working gold, silver, and bronze to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Asishamak, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. Commissioned by God to be creative. God's like the first patron of the arts. I like it. The fact that Bezalel is also the very first person that scripture directly speaks of as being filled with the Holy Spirit should tell us something about how seriously God takes creativity and about how much value he places on our creative expressions of worship. Now, I'm not saying that was the first time the Holy Spirit ever filled anyone, Uh, because I have no doubt the Holy Spirit was in the garden. I have no doubt that the Holy Spirit was, was present before that. But it's the first time that the Bible, the written word, as revealed by God, mentions it. So it's significant. The law of first mention. First time something is mentioned, it's always really important. <laughs> and you know what? It also highlights our need as creative people. Now, you might be there, sitting there thinking, I'm not creative. We'll get to that. Uh, it also highlights our need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in all of our creative endeavors. Are you with me so far? Am I speaking a little too fast? Slow down. Later on, we see that David played the harp skillfully. He wrote the Psalms using incredibly creative language to express a whole range of emotions and the greatness and the faithfulness of God. His creative expression has stood the test of time to the point where thousands of years later, it still stirs my soul. It still makes me lift my head towards Jesus. When I'm wondering where my help comes from, I lift my eyes to the hills, as Sharon was talking about, Last week, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my hope come from? My help comes from Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Those words, that creative expression of David, are drawing me still towards God. Solomon uses God's wisdom and his creativity to manage the largest, wealthiest empire the world had ever seen in his lifetime. 
Throughout the Old Testament, prophecy and music went hand in hand. When a king would send for the prophets, he would also send for the minstrels. There would just be this creative collaboration. The, The musicians would come to help minister and prophesy. I feel like the battery might be dying in this microphone. Jesus. He's the guy. He was incredibly creative in his ministry. He explained profound concepts to people who couldn't read using parables and incredible storytelling. He performed miracles in innumerable different ways. You know, he, he got some mud and spat on it and rubbed it in someone's eye. I mean, that, I mean that's mad. It's creative. Don't get me wrong. Like he, he, he sent someone to get money from a fish that was still in a lake. You know, there's, there's incredible creativity in Jesus' miracles. He rarely did the same thing the same way twice. Now, okay, Dave, I hear you say. So God is creative, and there are lots of examples of creativity in the Bible. But I'm not a creative person. I can't sing, I can't paint, I don't speak well in public, I don't write poetry. Well, Picasso uh, once said, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. Uh, Now, I'm not putting Picasso alongside scripture here, (laughs) but I do think he has a point. I think that it's totally true. It's really easy to think of ourselves as um, people who just aren't creative. Wind your mind back a little bit. As children, we played. We imagined. We built dens. We drew pictures of made-up creatures. We made spaceships out of toilet rolls and sellotape. We put lollipop sticks in the spokes of our bikes so that as we were riding it, it rattled and it kind of sounded like a motorbike. Maybe, maybe that one was just me. We spoke in made-up languages, thinking our parents had no idea what we were saying. They always knew. Uh, And we put on shows, made up dances with our cousins, every family gathering. Yes, there are videos, and no, you will never see them. (laughs) And sure, at some point, someone probably told you to sit down, be quiet, colour inside the lines, to stop daydreaming and learn the proper way to do things. But guess what? Creativity can be stifled. It can be suppressed, and it can shrink from lack of use. But as people made in the image of a creative God, it's in our DNA. There is no escape in it. You may be thinking, Dave, that's really easy for you to say. You know, you sing, you write songs, you know, you you do some public speaking. But I'm not like that. Well, here's the thing. Creativity extends way beyond just music and painting and public speaking. It covers all sorts of things. I'm going to give you a completely non-exhaustive list of some stuff here. It covers things like ceramics, drawing, sculpture, pottery, calligraphy, crafts, photography, acting, animation, cinematography, architecture, 
Anything containing the word design, interior design, graphic design, systems design, web design, uh, it covers engineering, it covers literature, novels, short stories, uh, those little doodles you do when you're on the phone and you're not really paying attention to who's talking, uh, even them, um, dancing, poetry, rapping, opera, um, cooking, that's on my list, eh? We're on the same wavelength today, Brian, I'm telling you now. Do you want to come up and do the rest? <laughs> I love it, love it. Um, raising children. Trust me, it takes a little bit of creativity not to sell them on eBay at times. Um, it is frowned upon, so I don't do it. Uh, but occasionally I have to be a little bit creative in coming up with reasons. Uh, for the benefit of the tape, I'm joking, I love you. Um, <clears throat> People management, events management, church management, DIY, gardening. Literally any situation where you have a, some kind of problem to solve. It all requires creativity. Hands up who's never had a problem. <laughs> there we go. I think, I think we have our answer. We have all exercised creativity to one extent or another. We are all creative. And the list goes on. So if we're all creative people, made in the image of an epically creative God, then what on earth is it for? What are we supposed to do with it? Well, the purpose of Christian creativity is to bring glory to God. Hmm. It's going to sit in that for a moment. The, cre the, the purpose of Christian creativity, in fact, not just Christian creativity, all of creation is to bring glory to God. All of a sudden, sitting down doodling or writing a song is endowed with incredible, deep purpose and meaning. Hmm. And when we submit those gifts that he's placed within us to him, whew, he'll do something. He'll do something. Look back through history at people who have placed their gifts in the hands of God, and you will see lives changed, nations changed, revival, all of these things. And all we have to do is submit our gifts our creativity, no matter how big or small, to him. In short, we must exercise our creativity to flex our creative muscles in service of the gospel. Or to put it another way, to creatively reflect God's best in all we do. Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ Jesus you are serving. Ace, I get to do something I love for God in service to him. And he takes this tiny little thing that I do and just goes, 
So this is why we seek to engage creatively with God. Because of who God is, because we are made and from anything else, he makes it really fun. <laughs> because when you are living in an identity that reflects God, if you, when you are walking in the path that God has laid out for you, there is no greater joy. But chiefly, we engage creatively because God has done the unthinkable. He sent his son Jesus to come into the world as a man, to live a perfect, blameless life that none of us could ever live, to go to the cross and suffer under the full weight of human sin and the wrath of God for our rebellion. To die, and in doing so, completely satisfy the law so that whoever believes in him will not be condemned to hell, but have eternal life. And on the third day, for him to rise from the grave with all power and authority in his hands and to, to ascend in glory to the right hand of the Father, where he sits right now until the day he returns to take his people home forever to rule and to reign with his church to the glory of the Father for all eternity. I don't know about you, but that, when I think about that, that is enough to overcome my worry about being creative and people thinking it's a bit weird. Which they might do, but they might equally see your creative worship and go, oh, that's who God is. And this, the gospel, this is the foundation of what we do here at Freedom Church. This is the bedrock on which all of our lives and our church values that you're going to hear about over the next few weeks are built upon. The gospel is the driving force behind our desire to creatively reflect God's best in all that we do. So let me encourage you this morning. Flex those creative muscles. Okay? And just like muscles, the first time you do it might be quite hard. You might not see as much movement as you'd hoped, but let me tell you, as, as an ex-personal trainer, the more you go to the gym, the more you exercise, the stronger those muscles get and the greater the impact you have. And it's just the same with creativity. When we trust God, when we submit our creative uh, skills to him, the ones that he gave us, when we step out, it just gets better. It just gets better. God will give you more and he will honor it and he will be glorified. And if God is glorified, then you are living your life the way you're supposed to be. So use your God-given creativity in the service of the gospel and to his glory and for the building up of the church. Start writing again. Learn a new chord on your guitar. 
know, start flower arranging, do some prophetic art, dance in worship. Whatever it is that God has placed in your heart, whatever area of creativity he has put in your care, just do it. (laughs) Do it in service of the gospel. I encourage you, those of, those of you who are on Facebook, to join the Kaleidoscope group. So for those of you who don't know, yes, woo, woo, very much woo. So for those of you who don't know what Kaleidoscope is, Kaleidoscope is the, uh, it's like a collective, it's like an online community of, of creative people from across the whole Christ Central group of churches. Um, just type it in, Kaleidoscope, you'll see it. If anyone's not sure, come and see me. I can point you in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so important. Creativity breeds creativity. If you're not finding it in your local community, be it, but also reach out to others who are being creative for the gospel. You know what? I dare you. I double dare you. I triple dare you with a cherry on top. Step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Step out of your comfort zone. Reflect God's best in all that you do. Because Christian creativity is not just art. It's not just pretty pictures and nice sounding music. It is the act of engaging with the very nature of God. And bringing something of heaven into earth. It's the gift of reaching into eternity and bringing it into the here and now. Only you can express what God has put on your heart. No one else can do that. No matter how rubbish a a prophetic drawing of mine might be, no one else would ever do it exactly the same. It's part of being made in God's image and it's who he made you to be. And this is why it's so important to us here at Freedom Church. And you know what? There are testimonies in this congregation, some people even in this room right now, about how the creativity of our events team has led to them knowing Jesus in a deeper, more profound way. We have people who came to a quiz and found Jesus. We have people who have received creatively designed invitations through their letterbox who ultimately came to know Jesus by responding. Lives have been profoundly changed in a single moment as the incredibly creatively crafted lyrics in our worship songs seem to just speak directly to the core of someone at that crucial moment in life. As a church, we run alpha courses. We run cap courses. We put on events like quizzes and music nights, Easter egg hunts, Christmas present wrapping, uh, craft nights. We have a dedicated worship team and a tech team and a welcome team. All of these people using their creativity to reach out, to touch heaven and change earth. As a church, we are striving to creatively reflect God's best in all that we do. And it is because 
God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Will you have a go? I'm going to leave it there. Father God, we thank you for the wonder of creation. Lord, we thank you that that you are so mind-blowingly, profoundly creative that it just stirs us. Lord, thank you that we are made in your image. And Lord, give us the boldness to move in creativity, to move our hearts, to, to take those dangerous steps towards doing everything everything to reflect your greatness. Lord, I pray for a release in this room right now. Lord, I I pray that you were called to mind forgotten talents, Lord, forgotten skills, Lord, that you would bring back a sense of play, Lord, that you would bring back a, a joy, in, this, in the, the hearts of the people in this room, Lord, a desire to express the wonder of you. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who, who are accommodating to creativity, Lord, because it's not, it's not, it's not earthbound, Father. It's heaven-centered. Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. Amen.